beautiful song. Let me read you something that if you were in, in our joint Sunday school class, or I guess we didn't have a joint Sunday school class, but if you are in my Sunday school class on Sunday, we, we worked through a little uh, personal evaluation, if you would, on, on revival readiness and the idea of, uh, of uh, have, we, have we left our first love? And, uh, and I just got some questions for you that I want you just to meditate on for a few minutes tonight before we call the preacher up, and uh, just this will help you answer whether... You really need to really tune in tonight. And I believe every one of us will answer some of these wrong. Do I delight in someone or something else more than in the Lord? If you do, you probably need revival. Do I no longer long for times of fellowship in God's Word or in prayer? That's the case. You need revival. Do I easily give in to those things which I know displease the Lord? Lord, help us. We need revival, don't we? Do I give grudgingly to God's work or to the needs of other people? We need revival. Do I fail to treat every Christian as as I would treat the Lord? That one's a tough one, isn't it? Boy, we need revival, don't we? Do I fail to witness to others because I fear embarrassment or rejection? We need revival. Do I overlook or ignore the sinful conditions in my life? You know, I found in my life, it's probably true about yours, I'm pretty well sure it is. We're pretty quick to point out everybody else's fault, aren't we? I got plenty. How about you? We need revival. Do I hold grudges against those who've offended me? We need revival, don't we? We certainly do. Open your heart. Let God speak to you tonight. Well, what a privilege it is to have my friend. I'll start with friend. <laughs> my brother in Christ. And my preacher, my pastor, Brother Paul A. Provide. Come on up here and preach to our hearts, brother. Amen. I just failed a test. <laughs> How many of y'all failed the test too? Woo! Yeah, at least I'm not alone. I'm a miserable wretch. How about you? Amen. We really ain't much, are we? Sometimes we think we are, but we really ain't much. We're going to be in the book of Psalms tonight, Psalms chapter number 40. I'm going to bring a message to you tonight out of the mire and into the choir. Let's try it one more time. Out of the mire and into the choir. Hey, y'all saved tonight? How many of y'all are saved? You know you're saved. You're going to heaven. Come on. Hey, that's hey, that's the thing. That's the main thing. Now, how many of y'all be honest with me tonight and you'd say this? You'd say, since I've been saved, I, I get stuck sometimes. I, I get bound down. The world gets me. Uh, sidetracked, the devil gets me sidetracked, I get myself sidetracked. We we do, we need revival. We stand in need of revival all the time. Tonight as we come into this Scripture, I want you to understand, this, this psalm is a twofold psalm. Now remember this, always remember, that every psalm that you read, they were songs that the people sang. They sang them as worship songs. 
They sang them as prayers to God. They sang them as devotions to God. And so this is no different. Now, as I come into this psalm tonight, I'm just going to read the first few verses of it. But we're going to talk about some key and important things that are in it. And first of all, I want you to know, every one of us in our life, from time to time, we get stuck. There are, are things that we know we ought to do and we don't do, don't we? We have sins of commission and sins of omission. And I want you to know, thank God Jesus never had that. Jesus never one time sinned. He never one time ever had an ill thought, an evil thought. He never one time did anything wrong. He was sinless and perfect. The Lamb of God that died for me. The only way I can go to heaven is to be washed in the blood of Jesus, which is God's blood. I'm thankful for that tonight. I'm so thankful for salvation. You're looking at a man who is a filthy wretch outside of Jesus. And without the blood of Jesus applied, there is absolutely no good thing about any of us. There's no good thing in our flesh. We know that. If you've been saved any time at all, you realize that not only are you thankful for your salvation, but you're still a miserable wretch in the flesh, and then you're doubly thankful for salvation. Thank God we're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Am I right? And I want to thank God tonight that if you are not saved in this room tonight, that tonight can be your night of salvation. Uh, God will save you. He, if He can save a wretch like me, He can save a wretch like you. If He can save me, He can save anyone. Amen? And so tonight, if you don't know Jesus, let tonight be that night of your salvation. Let tonight be the night that you realize that you are in Adam's sin. You cannot get to heaven on your own. You cannot do enough. You cannot uh, join enough churches. You can't pray enough. You can't serve enough. You can't give enough. You've got to just stop and yield to God and ask the Lord to save you. Now tonight's message is not necessarily for the lost. Although I want you to know if you're lost, please, please trust Jesus. But tonight the message is for the children of God, the saved ones. Tonight's message is for you and I that know full well we are on our way to heaven. And in this scripture tonight, there is a, a twofold message in it. In this psalm that, which talks to us about the fact that, that God has, has pulled us up out of the miry clay, up out of that horrible pit, I want you to realize we need to be thankful for our salvation. We need to be thankful. Salvation is a personal thing. Thank God that I am saved. Thank God that I have a good shepherd. Thank God that I know where I'm going when I die. And so it's a personal thing. But at the other side of this, it's also a corporate thing. You and I need to realize we are all in the same boat together. We still live in this same sin-cursed world together. The same devil still comes after us. The, the horde of demons still tempt us in the same way through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Am I right? The lust of the eyes. Come on, he still comes at us the same way. We can still fight the devil together. We can still overcome the devil together. We can still be together what God wants us to be. And that is an army marching forward, always forward, ready to do the work of the Lord. Tonight as I read this scripture, we're going to talk about the fact that God sometimes has to unstick us. How many of you realize that we're always supposed to be moving forward? But I don't, do you? I mean, there are issues in my life that get me sidetracked sometimes. Sometimes there's physical issues. 
Sometimes there's spiritual issues. Sometimes it's from the outside. And sometimes they're on the inside. Sometimes I get myself so sideways that I just stop and I'm stuck. And if I go forward, I'm going to go in a rut. And sometimes we just need to just bow our heads and say, Almighty God, I'm stuck where I'm at. Would you lift me up out of this horrible pit? Would you lift me up and set me back on the right way? Tonight I want you to know, no matter where you are with God, if tonight you're on that mountaintop, then praise God, you're close to God, you can rejoice, you can shout, but there's only one way down. And that's down. Amen? Unless the Lord comes and die, you die tonight, and He just calls you home, right? So understand that. But if you're in the bottom, you're down in the valley, you're stuck in the mire, I want you to know you can still go to God and God will set you back on the right way and the right path. Tonight, if you're in this place and you have sin in your heart and sin in your life, I want you to know that God can still do a work in you and God can show you and teach you and guide you and direct you. And yes, He will chasten you. Yes, He will correct you. But He always does it because He loves you. We're going to heaven one day. Come on, y'all. But along the journey, we get ourselves stuck and we get ourselves sideways. But I'm thankful that God will leave the 99 and He'll come to me where I am and He'll rescue me. He'll rescue you. Do you believe me tonight? Are you with me tonight, church? Good, because we're going to get on some shouting ground and I want to hear it tonight. Come on. Hey, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. You might as well get excited about that. Come on, y'all. Psalms chapter number 40, verse number 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. That's probably half our problem, ain't it? We don't really wait patiently for the Lord. We get stuck. We get sideways. We want God to fix us and fix us now. Sometimes He's going to let you stay a little stuck and a little sideways so you can stop and realize you don't want to get there again. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay. And He set my feet upon a rock and established my going. And He hath put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonderful works which Thou hast done. And thy thoughts which are to usward, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burn offering and sin offering hast thou not required. I'm glad of that. Jesus was my sin offering. How about you? Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book as it's written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you tonight and we ask you, Father, that you just open up our hearts tonight. You'd help us to be receptive to your word and your will and your way. Oh, dear God, I ask you, Father, if there's one soul in this room that's lost and undone and on their way to hell, that Almighty God tonight might be that night of their salvation. You'd show them, Lord God, that you are the only way to heaven and save that sinner nearest hell. And Almighty God, for your saints tonight, I pray that they would understand just how good and wonderful it is 
know that You are our Savior. You're our God. You're my fortress. You're our fortress. You're our rock. And Almighty God, on this night, I pray that they would understand, Lord, exactly what it is that You did by lifting them up out of the miry clay in that horrible pit. And Almighty God, they set their feet upon a rock. And Lord, that rock is Jesus. And thank You for that. Oh God, tonight, please have Your will and way. Change hearts. Change lives. Change minds. Change futures here tonight, God, please. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want you to understand that sometimes we get stuck and sometimes we get sideways. Y'all ever drive off the road? Y'all ever drive in the backwoods? You ever drive in the field and you get stuck? Anybody? Come on, y'all a bunch of rednecks. Don't look up here at me like that. Most all you guys have been stuck sometime or another. If you ain't, you ought to give it a whirl sometime. It's quite the experience. But when you get out off the road, you get off the highway, let me just edumacate you um, who've never gone four-wheeling before. When you get off the highway, your tires don't do the same thing they do on the hardtop. Your vehicle, I don't care what it is, it was made to run on the hardtop. It was not made to run in the muck and the mire. And when you get your vehicle in the muck and the mire, if you don't have the right tires, and you don't have the right gears, and you don't have the right equipment, you're going to get spinning and slipping, and before long, you get heavy on the gas, and before you know it, that thing is sunk down to the axle, and the only way you're going to get out is when somebody gets a bulldozer or gets a, some kind of a piece of equipment to get you out of there. Now, how many of y'all have experienced that? That's better. Amen. Now, I want you to know that's the way we do in our spiritual life sometimes. When you get saved... Dear child of God, you are equipped by God with the equipment to live a holy life, a just life, a righteous life, a clean life. You are supposed to stay on the pavement that God puts you on, and you're supposed to stay on that pathway until the day that God calls us home. But the problem is, now and then, we get our eyes off of that pathway, we get our eyes off of the Lord Jesus, and we get ourselves off the side, sometimes in a ditch. Every once in a while, we see this side road, and it looks like it would be awful fun to go down that road. But we don't have the equipment to go down side roads. We're supposed to stay on the straight and the narrow path. We're supposed to keep going the way God said to go until the day He calls us home. But there's sin, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There's little pathways off of our roadway, and it looks so good, we ought to go and try it. We're just a little bit off that road. I'll throw it in reverse if I get in trouble. I'll put it in four-wheel drive. But might you just need to know this tonight that God did not make us to go down that road of sin. God didn't make us to go down that pathway that He did not put us on. But I'm here to tell you this, when you get off track, and every one of us in this room tonight has been saved more than an hour, we've gotten ourselves off track. And we've gone down some of them pathways. We saw it, and it looked good, and we decided to go that way. Oh, we heard how much easier it was over there. If we just go that way and we pull off on that road and before long we find ourselves stuck, we can't find our way out, we can't get ourselves out, we need to have the Lord come by and get us out of that miry clay. Am I right or am I wrong? You and I need to understand it as a universal thing in Christianity. But I want you to get this. 
the Lord Jesus Christ will leave the ninety and nine and He will come to where you are. And He will pull you back up out of that miry clay. He will extricate you from your own sin-sick trouble. Y'all with me tonight? So how many of y'all been there? Y'all raise everything you got. Because we've all been there, right? Now watch this if you will tonight. The Bible says in this psalm of, uh, that's of David here, and he said, I waited patiently. Now I want you to know there have been some times in my life when I have gotten sidetracked, both in the physical realm with a vehicle, as well as it is in my spiritual life. And I've gotten myself stuck, and I can tell you this, when you get yourself stuck in a vehicle, you do everything you can to try to get yourself out. You'll find rocks, you'll find sticks, You'll try to tie ropes. You'll try to do anything you can to get yourself unstuck. But most of the time, you can't get yourself unstuck. You've got to rely on another force to pull you out. Am I right or am I wrong? And the same way as it is with the Lord Jesus. There have been times in my life when I've gotten myself so involved in that which is wicked and evil and ungodly that I find myself stuck. And then I try to do good to get myself out. I try to do good and do better. I, I try not to do what it is. I, I'll tell God, God, I promise I'll never do it again. Y'all ever do that? Then how many of y'all have done it again? I promise you, Lord, I won't do this again. I won't say that. I won't act that way. I won't behave that way. I promise you, Lord, I'll never do it again. But God knows full well I'm an idiot. And just like my dad, when my dad told me, boy, don't take the Jeep up there, you're going to get stuck. But me being an idiot takes the Jeep up there and gets it stuck. Then my dad's got to pay to get it unstuck. And then i got to pay to get it unstuck. I've got to go to my father and say, dear God, help me. I'm in a rut. I'm stuck. I cannot do enough to get me out. Have mercy on me, God. I'm a sinner. I'm wicked. I'm unclean. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And I can tell you when I get honest with God, God gets real with me. Come on, y'all. Y'all with me tonight? Now, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now, that's what the psalmist said. I believe if you and I would stop and understand the natural reaction of a human being when they get themselves stuck into sin, they get themselves stuck into a bad situation, they panic. They start to panic. All of a sudden, you've got to fix it yourself. You've got to try to get yourself out. You and I need to understand we're not able to do it that way. We're not built that way. We're not equipped that way. We've got to be patient. We've got to sit still. And we've got to wait upon the Lord to get us out. But notice the promise, first of all, if you will. The promise. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me. Here's the first promise you got tonight. The first promise is, is that when you get yourself stuck, the Lord Himself will incline His ear unto you. When you call out upon Him, when you call unto Him, He's not going to turn His back on you. He's not going to close His ears. He doesn't stick His fingers in His ears and go, nah, 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 I can't hear you. Our God, because He loves us, He loves us so much He died for us. And because He died for us, He wants us to live victorious. He wants us to live clean. He wants us to live free. He wants us rolling nice and clean and free down the path He put us on. We are a trophy of God's grace, are we not? We are a trophy. Any of y'all ever win a trophy? If you win a trophy, 
Do you take it right as soon as you win that trophy and you just go, oh, that's nice, and throw it? Y'all ain't never won a trophy. You ain't never won a trophy. <laughs> Come on. Anybody ever win a trophy? Then you know you ain't going to take that thing and throw it in a mud puddle, are you? I mean, you're going to set it on a prominent place. Do you realize that our God has set us? He has set us upon a path. He has put us upon a prominent place. He's filled us with His Spirit. He has left us to walk this earth to be ambassadors of Christ. We're joint heirs with Jesus. We're a child. We're somebody. We're somebody in Jesus. So He's not going to just let His trophy fall off the mantle into the dirt and the filth. He's going to come there. He's going to clean you up. And He's going to pick you back up. You've got to understand. Our God promised, I'll incline my ear. I'm going to hear your prayer. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. The second promise is, He brought me up. Now I want you to know that word right there, brought, is past tense. Let's try it one more time. Y'all really got to shout something tonight or I'm going to think y'all are like Presbyterians or something. He brought me up. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. He brought me up. It's past tense. I want you to know that on the day I got saved, August 1992, in Walmart parking lot, when I bowed my heart to God and said, Lord, I'm a sinner, a wicked wretch. Have mercy and save me. On that day, my God saved me. And the day you got saved, God saved you. And when He saved you, He immediately brought you out of the horrible pit. He pulled you up out of the merry clay of the sin-cursed world and the sin Cursed condition you were in. Hey, it's past tense. But as long as I'm on my journey, I'm going to find myself in a ditch from time to time. But as I find myself in a ditch from time to time, I've got a promise from God. He's already picked me up. He's already brought me out. He's already, already, past tense, brought me up. I don't know if anybody believes that tonight. He brought me up. That's promise number two. Look at promise number three. He set my feet upon a... What's that word? Oh, snap. I want you to know who that rock is. That rock is Jesus. That rock is Jesus. He's the chief cornerstone, is He not? Is He not the stone whereby you fall upon Him? You be broken, but if He falls on you, you're crushed. Am I right? I want to thank God tonight that the night I got saved, the night you got saved, we fell upon that rock. We fell upon that chief cornerstone. He is the rock of salvation. He's the rock of offense to them that are lost. He's a rock of stumbling to them that don't want to trust in Him and repent. But for you and I that are saved, He's the rock of our salvation. And we fell upon Him that night, did we not? And I want to thank God. He's never going to crush me. He's never going to squash me. He's never going to destroy me. He might have to chasten me. He might have to correct me. He might have to rebuke me. Because every son He loves, He chastens. Every son He loves, He rebukes. He loves me. He loves me. How do I know? Because He whoops me. When I get myself in the ditch and I get all covered in the muck and the mire because I've gotten out and tried to extricate myself, He comes to where I am. He inclines His ear. He reminds me, boy, I've already brought you out. You're in a place you don't belong. I know you're where you don't belong. Why don't you go ahead and surrender and I'll clean you up. I'll pick you up. I'll deliver you once again. I'll set you back on the path. Woo!
Do y'all believe that tonight? Man, I'm telling you, we need to be patient with the Lord. Think about this. Over in James chapter 5, it says this. Let me just read this to you. James chapter 5, verse 7. The Bible says, Be patient, therefore, brethren. Brethren, that's us, is it not? You saved tonight? You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Let me tell you something. There's coming that great day when He's going to call us up out of this miry clay. He's going to pull us up out of a horrible pit of this world. Be patient. Be patient. There's coming a day the trumpet is going to sound. The voice of the Lord. We're going to hear it. The ark is... We're out of here. We're out of here. This world has got us bound. It's like sucked us down in that miry clay. You know what? I told you last night and I'll tell you again. You and I need to understand that the church in America, we have walked away from our first love. We have walked away from the holiness. We've walked away from righteousness. We've walked away from preaching. We don't want preaching anymore. We just want somebody to tell us something that feels good. Come on, y'all. Y'all with me? And I want you to know the old miry earth, this old dirt, and by the way, this earth is under a sin curse, and that old miry world just goes and sucks us down. You can't run for Jesus. By the way, aren't we supposed to run with patience? Let's try it one more time. Hey, y'all, they ain't paying no attention. Aren't we supposed to run with patience? If we're supposed to run with patience. We've got to be patient. Why? Because the Lord, He's already pulled us up. It's just that we're down here in this sin-cursed world and we're sucked in. But I'm here to tell you there's coming a day, I don't care how sucked in we are to the world, that trumpet's going to sound. Woo! We're out of here. When I was about 10 or 11 years old, I went up to Maine. Anybody ever been up to Maine? We went clam digging out in Maine. Now, I don't know what it is, but the further north you go, the faster the tide comes in. It has something to do with, I guess, the way the earth is shaped or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about that stuff. But we were out, way out. We had these clam diggers. I had rubber boots on. I had hip waders. So we were way out there and we were digging clams and the tide started coming in. My dad and I, and we weren't paying any attention to how far out we were. Next thing I know, the water starts coming in. That, that old muck you dick them uh, clams up started getting sloppy. You know, there's a difference between mud and sloppy mud. Next thing I know, I'm up to my knees and... And I can't go nowhere. Nowhere. I'm stuck. I can't get my legs out of the boots because it's sucked in tight around my legs. I'm standing there. My dad's way off now. He's headed towards shore. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, Help me, Dad! Help me, Dad! Help me! Finally, my dad turned around, saw what I was in, saw I was stuck and I couldn't get out. And he come back to where I was. And he reached down and he grabbed a hold of me and he started pulling and started pulling and he could not pull me out of them boots. And that tide's coming up. And that tide's coming. We're about, I don't know how many hundred yards we are from the shore, but that tide's coming up. All of a sudden, now the water starts getting in my boots. My dad takes a knife and he goes down, cuts down the boot. And all of a sudden, that, that, that mud, it went, sucked me in, went, those are my sound effects, okay? I know exactly what I'm talking about. You weren't there, all right? Next thing I know, up and out of them boots I come. My dad threw me over his shoulder and walked in. By the time we got to the shore, he was swimming, dragging me into shore. 
But my dad got me to shore. If my dad hadn't come and rescued me, I'd have been dead, I'd have been a goner, I'd have been drowned. And the same way it is with you and I in our world of sin. You and I need to understand this world hates church. This world hates Christians. This world hates the truth. And this world wants to drown you. It wants to kill you. It wants to suck you under. It wants you to be involved in everything it's involved in. And sometimes we cannot extricate ourselves. we got to stop and cry unto the Lord. And I'm thankful that He will rescue us in a temporary fashion. But I'm even more thankful that He's going to rescue us eternally. Woo! That's a promise I can live with. I'm thankful that He inclines His ear and hears me. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Every prayer I've ever prayed, my God heard. He, he ain't answered a bunch of them. Because I'm an idiot. And so are you. And we pray for some dumb stuff sometimes. I tell you, the Lord has to be up there going, <laughs> Woo, I'm just going to wait on Him to get stuck. <laughs> I'll let them get stuck. I'll let them get good and stuck. They're going to have to learn to be patient. And then I'm going to come rescue them and I'm going to show them how good it is to be free. You ever been where you've been so full of sin and so bound down by sin and so eaten up with sin, you just couldn't seem to see the light at the end of the tunnel? You didn't want to hear about Jesus. You didn't want to sing the hymns. You didn't want to sing anything about Christ. You didn't want anybody to talk to you about how good Jesus is. But then all of a sudden you realize you're stuck in the mire. You're stuck in the sin. And you want that relationship back that you once had. You want to be free like you once were. You want to run that race with patience like you once did. You've got the weight of sin on top of you. And it's just sinking you deeper. And you go to God and you say, Oh God, have mercy on me. I'm weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. And the Lord comes down and takes the weight off and sets you free. Man, you talk about free, we're free indeed. I mean, we are free indeed, are we not? We're free to run. Thank God He hears us. Thank God it's past tense, He's delivered us. Thank God it's in a future tense, one day He's coming to call us to Himself. Thank God that no matter what happens, He still rescues. He still delivers. Notice this, if you will. He put a new song in my mouth. I was talking the other day at church. I don't remember what service it was, but we were talking about something. And I remember giving them a little bit of my testimony. I remember the day I got saved. It was on a Thursday night in August 1992. There in Walmart parking lot, I trusted Jesus. You can get anything at Walmart, just so you know. Although you can't buy ammunition now, right? Bunch of communists. That was free. Ha! <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it there at Walmart. But you and I, you and I were in the same condition the night we got saved. The morning you got saved, the afternoon, whatever day it was, it was on a Thursday, August eighteenth, nineteen ninety-two. I was sitting in that car. Man, I had been looking at the guns and trying to get that out from under conviction. And I, I went to find my wife, and you know, I told you this before, you can't find a woman in Walmart when you need one. I went to the car, and I cried out to Jesus to save me. The weight of the sin was taken off of me. The hatred, the anger, all that stuff I dealt with, it was taken off of me. Man, the Lord put a new song in my heart. 
I went to work the next the next morning. It was a Friday. Went to work the next morning. <clears throat> it was on Friday, and I went into work and see I was the boss, so it was my shop, my radio, it was my place, it was it was my doing. I walked in there and I had I had three stacks of CDs about about yay high on a counter. And I had Ozzy Osbourne and, and Black Sabbath, Megadeth. I had, I mean, God help you the stuff I was listening to. I had everything. All the, all the sounds and the squealing and squalling and all that of the world. Which every day, as soon as I got to the, to my shop, I put those CDs in and, and all the guys that worked with me, I mean, we all listened to the same thing. We all, we had all cussed and carried on and told dirty jokes. Y'all remember those days? And all of a sudden, I, I was driving on my way to work and everything was new and different. And I pulled in there and I walked in the shop and I saw those three stacks. And I grabbed every single one of them things and I threw it into a box, a trash box. Now all them other guys took them out. They took them home. <laughs> but I threw them away. And I turned the radio. Y'all know what FBN is? Fundamental Broadcasting. I don't know if y'all got it down here or not. But I turned FBN on. I mean, we had speakers all over the shop. We used to jam to all this wicked stuff. And all of a sudden I turned it on. Woo! The Lord gave me a new song. All of a sudden, I started hearing songs and learning songs I never knew before. What can wash away your sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I started singing that stuff, and I was working, and I was weeping, and I was rejoicing, and I was praising. And everybody looked at me like I was a freak. The first day I was saved, I learned. The Lord might have put a new song in my mouth. But the new song he put in my mouth was a stench to the lost and dying world. I've never seen a bunch of guys turn on a man so fast. Hated me. And they told me, oh, that ain't going to last. You got a healthy dose of religion. It ain't going to last. Anybody ever tell you that? But I want to tell you something. Y'all listening to me? On the night I got saved, my God done set me free. My God pulled me up out of the miry clay. He pulled me up out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon a rock. He gave me a new song. And He ain't never changed it. One day, ever. And I want you to know, look at the rest of this verse. Y'all still with me tonight? Look at this. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. You know, before I got saved, Jesus was just a cuss word. God's last name was always damn. Y'all, was y'all like that? And I mean everything. I, God, the Bible, I cussed all of it. I cursed all of it. Hey, I went to church on Sunday sometimes. Matter of fact, I went to church on Sunday for several months in a row, took up the offering, but I, I took up an offering with the same guy that I got drunk with on Friday or Saturday night. Because it wasn't real in my heart. But when my God moved in, when my God moved in, the wicked, miry garbage had to go. The wicked stuff had to go. My God took up place in my heart. 
the hatred and the anger and the bitterness, all that had to go, the sin, curse, it left. Now, it didn't leave me completely. I'm still under a sin curse in this flesh. But I got a new nature. I got a new appetite. I got a new outlook. And I got a new heart. How about you? Y'all with me tonight? Now watch this. Watch this. I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined, un, inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and He established my goings. It didn't matter what that lost world thought. It didn't matter what any of them guys in that shop thought. It didn't matter what any of the owners of that place thought. I had been established in a new way. I had been taken off of an old dirt road and I put on a pure pathway to glory land. My God done took me from a sin-cursed highway and put me on a holy highway and told me to keep on going. I'm going to establish your way. I'm going to establish your going. Get on the road. Stay on the road. Keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes looking up. I will meet you at the end of this road. Mm. Let me tell you what happened. I started praising God. Look, now I would love to tell you that every day of my life since I've been saved was good, but y'all knew better. Matter of fact, that was the first Friday. By the second Friday, <laughs> the second Friday I was putting hinges on the door. Not just any hinges, I was putting spring hinges. Y'all ever mess with spring hinges? <laughs> So I opened them things up and I was putting a screw in. It slipped off. The hinge slammed my thumb. And I want you to know, praise Jesus, didn't come out. I let out a filth, floor and filth and I threw a tape measure and I kicked the drill. And I looked up and there was somebody I just witnessed to. You know what he did? He looked at me and he said, I thought you said you got saved. <laughs> You know why that happened? Because God set me on an established way. Because God had lifted me up out of the Mary clay. And what happened was, I was going down that road, and all of a sudden I took a little side detour into self-pity and self-wallow, into self-absorption, and the old me come flying out. You know what happened? My wheels started spinning, and I got stuck. I felt like a miserable wretch that day. Any of y'all ever do that? Feel like a miserable... Like I put Jesus right back on the cross? But I want to tell you, that was my God loving on me. That was my God chasing me. That was my God saying, be patient, I'm coming to get you. Everybody still there? Let's keep going. Notice this. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside. Look at verse 5 now. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonderful works which Thou hast done. I can tell you this, my God set my feet upon a rock. He pulled me out of the miry clay in a horrible pit. He established my goings. But I can't even begin to tell you what God has in store for me. And you and I need to understand, there was a day if you're saved, that God pulled you up out of a miry pit out of the miry clay in a horrible pit 
God established your going. He set your feet upon a rock. He did it for you. And you and I need to understand that one day, one day, one day, we're going to be out and delivered from this world. But until that happens, you and I need to stop and just understand we've got to be patient. We've got to be patient and wait upon the Lord. And every time you get sideways, and every time you get stuck, you need to just go to God. He'll incline His ear. He'll hear you. He'll deliver you. He'll change you. He'll mold you. He'll shape you. One day we're out of here. One day we're out of here. We're on the same boat. And I'm here to tell you, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, and our minds have not imagined the good things that await for us when we get to glory. I want you to know I alluded to this last night, but I'm going to tell you this again tonight. When you get to heaven, when I get to heaven, we ain't going to sin no more. There's no more sickness. No more, I throw them stupid eyeglasses away. Ain't, there ain't no more Ben Gay in heaven. In more ways than one. Thought you'd get that. I'm going to come up. They, they laughed. Y'all didn't. <laughs> ain't no more dying. There ain't no more sorrow. No sadness. I'm telling you what, there's nothing but an eternal hallelujah and an eternal good morning. And I want you to know, we're going to be alright one day. One day you're not going to go sideways. One day you're not going to get stuck. One day you're not going to have to go, oh God, help me, because you're going to be alright. Alright. Y'all believe me? Some of you believe me. I'm not sure about everybody. You're still thinking about that Ben Gay thing. <laughs> now look, and I'm done with this. Look at verse number 6. i got 75,000 more verses to tell you. I ain't going to get there. Look at the next verse. Sacrifice and offering, thou didst not desire. Look, when you duck sideways, God ain't a bit worried about you putting more money in the offering plate to try to get right. God ain't worried about you trying to sing an extra song to get right. He ain't worried about your money. He ain't worried about your work. He's worried about your heart. And you and I need to stop and understand that God does not desire sacrifice. He desires our obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So how in the world, how in the world can we give God obedience when we're sideways? How in the world can we give God obedience when we're stuck? Don't ever forget 1 John 1 9, because that's your answer. That's your answer. What does the Bible say in 1 John 1 9? Y'all help me out now. I know somebody out there knows it. If 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 we do what? Oh yeah. Mike, you gotta teach these people something. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness, He'll wash off the muck and the mire. Everything you get yourself in, when you get stuck in sideways, in the miry clay, and in the horrible pit, my God washes it off. He cleans you up. And He sets you back on the straight arrow. Because our God is a good God, and a great God, and a mighty God, and a strong God. Amen. The best is, He's our God. Let's all stand tonight. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me ask you tonight. How many of y'all in this place, you know 100% for sure that heaven is your home? I mean, if you died tonight on your way home, you're going to heaven. Would you raise your hand? Amen. Hands all over. Not everybody raised their hand. There's one soul in this place tonight that doesn't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You say, Pastor Paul, I need to get unstuck from the mire. I am in the world. I don't know Jesus. I don't have that assurance. Would you pray for me? If you want me to pray for you, I'm not going to embarrass you. Would you slip that hand up so I can see? I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. How many of y'all would say tonight, I'm, I know I'm saved, but man, I'm telling you, Pastor Paul, I've got myself stuck a little bit. I'm not running free. Yeah, the hand's all over. Lift them up. You know what? This message was for you tonight. This was a gift from God to you tonight. So that you can come to God and say, Dear God, I, I've been in the muck. I've been in the mire. I've been in the pit. Oh God, I need You. Would You wash me? Would You wash me thoroughly? Would You cleanse me? Would You forgive me? In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to the altar. Maybe you've got somebody in your family that's got themselves sideways. You've got a son or a daughter, a loved one of some sort. And you see what the world is doing to them. You know they used to serve God. They, they used to be in church, but they're, they're just covered in the muck and mire of the world. This altar's open for you to come and lift them up to Jesus. And pray, dear God, do whatever it takes to be able to get them unstuck. Tonight, if you have a burden you just want to share, you need somebody to pray with you, you can meet me or your pastor right here at this, at this altar. We'll be more than glad to just bow down with you and pray for you. As the music begins, if you need to come tonight, you come tonight. If that was you that raised your hand, you're, you're kind of stuck a little, you've been a little stuck, come on, don't be embarrassed. I'm telling you, I get that way. I've been preaching for 30 years and I get that way. Because I'm an idiot. We all are. We're weak in our flesh. Let the Lord cleanse you. Let the Lord bless you. Let the Lord fill you. Have you lost your shout? Have you lost your rejoicing? Have you lost your victory? Go ahead and let go tonight. Let go of the world. Let go of that stuff that's holding you down. Let it go and grab a hold to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's already there to lift you up. Let Him lift you. Let Him lift you. You're a Christian in this place. And the sins of the world have weighted you down. Bow your heart Lift your hands and ask God to pull you up out of that miry clay. Our God is still in the lifting up business. He'll lift you up. What a good God. What a mighty God. What a great God. What a loving God. What a merciful God we serve.